What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Light Matters Podcast here at Golden Gate Missionary Baptist Church, right here in the bottom. My name is Wayne Sims, and I am your host, and today I am joined by two very special guests. I have Sister Janice Parker with us and Sister Nicole McElveen. How y'all doing? Great. Excited to be here. Doing well. Excited. I mean, look at Golden Gate. Look at Golden All Gate. All the way. 2022. <laughs> Podcasting it up. Check yes. us out. So this is, again, the Light Matters Podcast, where we have conversations about being a light into this dark world. So just by way of reminder, our theme scripture is 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, and it reads, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so today is a very special episode because we just finished Father's Day. And whenever you talk about fathers, as us men like to affectionately say, you have to talk about our better halves, right? So we're going to talk about motherhood also. And so, so honored to have you all here. Um, love this conversation of motherhood. I want to give each of you a chance, first off, just to introduce yourselves. So I know that everyone kind of already knows you, but just give us a little bit more. So Sister Parker, I'll start with you. Tell the people about yourself. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, my name is Janice Parker, and I have been married to Pastor Vincent Parker for almost 35 years. We have three children. Um, all of them are adults now, I'm pleased to say, and it has been a marvelous journey in being a mother. Lots of ups and downs, lots of things to learn, and so I'm, I feel privileged that I'm able to share in the conversation today. Love it, love it. Sister Nicole, tell us about you. Awesome. I am um, Sister Nicole McElveen, and some of you may know or may not, because I'm, I'm a little more quiet now. I sit over in my corner. <laughs> but uh, I am the daughter of RA, uh, Deacon RA Session and George S. Session. So those are my parents. I've been uh -huh. a longtime member of Golden Gate. I'm married to Jay McElveen or Deacon McElveen. And we've been married. Uh, we don't look like it, but for 22 <laughs> years. So a long Love time. Yes. Um, we have two children. And I... You know, I think about this a lot. I'm, we're in the thick of it, so it's a whole lot of Bible reading in our house and <laughs> uh, to get built up. For uh, we love our children and they're wonderful, but they are teaching us as we try to teach them every day. Yeah. Garrison will be 13 soon in about a week or so, wow. and well, in about two weeks. And Channing will be 10 in a week. So they keep us busy. They really yes. do. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That kind of segues into what I want to do. So I want to give you both a chance to talk about where you guys are in your motherhood journey. And so, Nicole, I'll start with you for this one. Where would you say you're in? You're at in your motherhood journey? Um, I think I'm in the um, really critical years of my motherhood journey. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, my motherhood journey is not without their father. My husband is wonderful, and he's a wonderful father to our children. But we are in the stages of where life and their surroundings and the culture and their friends can all be an influence and we're steady being challenged in how we raise them and and then also you know we are it's hard for us to remember back when we were teenagers and how we challenged our parents. Well, you yeah. can imagine many of us might not have done that until we were 16, 17. That is happening soon, earlier and earlier in the home. And yeah. so how do you, um, I listen to Pastor Park, uh, Wilson, talk about how do you um, discipline without anger and respond. So we're in that a lot. And then also raising them um, 
to love God, to know God, and to really uh, experience that in their life. And then also the experience of true family. We're a black family who's raising our children in the suburbs. We Mm -hmm. live not in Dallas County. We live out in Collin County. And so they also have a different experience in trying to build up community around our children. We're grateful and thankful to God. We have both sets of grandparents. We have uncles and and aunts, and we have a good family structure to support them and to support us. But it's a... um Every day is a journey. Yeah. It is a journey every day. <laughs> yes, and that's so beautiful that when you talk about the grandkids, uh, the grandparents rather, that village is yeah. that village is intact. That's so cool. Yeah, and and one more thing I also would say in my motherhood journey, um, when the children were, I've always worked. I've always been a career woman, mm-hmm. but when they were younger, um, my career was a, wasn't as busy. But here in the last couple of years, it has really gotten busy, and so I've had to learn how to um, let them see mommy working hard and yeah. achieving because that's important for them as as well. But then also see that mommy's also a mother. She's also a wife and all of that, you know, is yeah. a part of our family. So that's been important too. That's good. That mm-hmm. is so good. Sister Parker, how about you? Where are you at in your motherhood journey? Well, Pastor Parker and I, of course, <laughs> parenting, mm-hmm. but we are in that empty nesting session. And yes. so it's, um, a, there's an amen for that. Yes. It's amen. still very, very new to us. So we are trying to figure it out, but glad to be at that stage. Yes. Um, it is an opportunity for us, though, to kind of look back over the journey to see what things we've tried to pour in, what things we, what things we see manifested in our children, mm. what things we still need to parent about, because we still do parent. Of course, it's at a different way because mm-hmm. they're adults, and so they're free to accept or not accept whatever it is that you care to share. Yeah. Um, but we do feel very blessed uh, to be in this phase and to see what our children have done. We feel like God has been gracious unto us. It's also a time in my life where I feel like I can share with other women because I've lived through a few things yeah. and experienced some things that I can talk talk about some ups and downs. Yeah. And I really liked what Nicole said about Um, it's a time where your children educate you because Mm. I think that's a critical piece that parents miss. We're busy trying to pour into our children, but really God is using them to show us things about ourselves. And uh, over the years, I have learned many things about myself (laughs) (laughs) that definitely sent me back to the prayer room. Okay. So yes, that's, that's kind of where I am in the journey. We're empty nesting, but hoping that we can share and, and help others move forward. Love it. Love it. Something I want to make sure that our listeners understand, too, is when we talk about motherhood, that's not something that's apart from God's character. I know that God, you know, he calls himself the father, um, but we have to understand that God exists in three beings. And I think that motherhood and fatherhood, they both equally glorify God and his his entity as um, God. And so that's something that we hold together. So let's go here. Sister Parker, I'll kick it back to you first. What is your view of the roles of a mother or what is your view of the mother's role, not just in the household, but in society at large? 
Well, the mother has a very powerful role. Um, she is the first to experience the life of the child as the child is in her womb. And so she begins nurturing at that very early phase. Um, and then, of course, once the child is born, there's all that natural nurturing of just taking care of the day-to-day, the feeding, the changing, the diapers, the holding, and the bonding in that manner. Yeah. But I primarily see mothers as not only nurturers, but, of course, teachers. They they are role models. They are the ones that you, even if you're not speaking, your child is watching mm. and you serve as that example to them. So you have the opportunity to show them how to live, what to live, what's important. I see the role of mothers as um, not only educators, but as prayer warriors. I really yeah. do. Uh, it's essential, at least it was essential for me and has been that I be a prayer warrior because they are encountering so many things from day one. So you want to be prayerful in their behalf. You want to fight for them in the spiritual realm such that so they are protected. Got to be a woman of the word because that's what sustains you, keeps you, anchors you. So there are things, yes, nurturing, yes, caring, being a model, but being spiritual, being a spiritual woman of God is essential. I love it. I love it. Sister Nicole, what about you? So um, I definitely agree with all those things, but I, I think for me, in addition to that, or I've found myself wanting to teach empathy a lot mm. to my children because um, sometimes, especially when you have a lot of things that seem given to you, you can tend to not be empathetic to others. So my example is how can we be empathetic or understand or try to understand the plight of others and not quick to judge? That's really important to me. But then also teaching them and being an example. And then for my daughter of what a godly mother, wife looks like, and even not just a mother, just what you can, who you can be in your life. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I love that she has a voice and she's not afraid to use it and working towards nurturing that. Mm-hmm. And then even for my son to think about what kind of mother, wife he should look for and the examples in that. And so, yes, like Sister uh, Parker said, there's a lot of spirituality and praying and, um, we do. Uh, we started this, and I'm grateful that Jay has started this, where we do a devotion in the family. But we rotate it, yeah, so yeah. each one of the kids has to lead it, and yep. then we lead it. And so, and you know, Chatty makes us watch Veggie Tales. Garrison <laughs> finds a video, but it all in all of that, it um, builds up their experience because then they have to explain the story or the scripture back to us because we're still in that starting stages, but. For me, those are examples and really being being okay with not always knowing the right thing to do, the right thing to say. I think that's a big part of it because it can be you can feel alone and on an island. And so it's important for me to have in addition to my mom, my mother-in-law and those people in the village to support me. It's a lot to motherhood for, yeah. <laughs> for me and, and our house and our family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. I'll share a little bit for this is personal for me. So in my family, the 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 example of spirituality, the example of just a prayer warrior, the example of literally living your life by the word is my Nana, my dad's mom. So my Nana is I'm a butcher. My Nana is about 90 
six, I want to say. Um, I'll fact check that. So Sims clan, don't hold me accountable. I'm a fact check it. But so my Nana, uh, my whole entire life, she has just been just just directed by the word. I'm gonna tell you a quick story. So one time I walked in the kitchen with my Nana. It was early in the morning, and my Nana she started talking and she said, "Lord, what would you have me eat?" And I'm thinking to myself, the Lord wants us to eat pancakes and bacon, Nana. And I was like, that's what the Lord wants for us. But it was like, just to see that level of devotion to even the way that I feed myself, I, I submit that over to you, Lord. And then just how, how scripture tells us to, you know, continually be in prayer. I've seen her in her yard working, just praying. And it was just like, who is Nana talking to, you know, as a little kid? But as I got older, it was like, wow, I just, I, I long for that level of intimacy with God. Um, and then just seeing how that, that translate into strength that just no one else in the family has. Like when tragedy happens, Nana is standing strong because Nana is like, Lord, you know, I'm sad by this. I'm hurt by this, but I know that you have a plan. And so it's just so cool to see my Nana in that role. Um, so I just love, love, love motherhood. And that's always been my example. Love my dad, love all the men in my family, but Nana hold it down. <laughs> Nana holds it she's down. She's asking the Lord for breakfast. Yes. yes. She's on a different level. <laughs> it's like, Nana, Lord, want me to have some fruit loops. Tell her, Jesus, tell her. <laughs> I, I'd like to mention one more thing that I, that I think is an important role for mothers is to be an encourager. Yes. Um, my mother, for me, was my number one cheerleader mm. It was she made me believe I could go to the moon and come back any day of the week. Mm. And so that encouragement had me gave me some self-esteem yeah. and allowed me and equipped me to be able to meet challenges, to believe that I could. I should press forward mm -hmm. because I could. And I, I pray that women as mothers speak life to their mm. children, speak words to them that help them believe that they can and that they can push forward and that we're encouraging them all the way. So I just wanted to mention encouragement. Yeah. Shout out to you too. This just, this just came to my head. Both of you all are amazing career women also. And I think that something that I see in society right now is women are trying to navigate how do I dignify myself? How do I take autonomy? How do I, um, you know, kind of make my way? And I think that can be dangerous sometimes because sometimes, especially in the over-sexualized society, like the knee-jerk tends to be, I'll just take, you know, I'll do this thing or I'll show this. But to have mothers in the home who show you're, you know, just working towards um, a goal and achieving those things. I think that instantly communicates to your daughters. And I know that because, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with Maggie and I see the way that she navigates is different than the way a lot of others navigate. And I think that seeing the example that you all set as moms, even in that role, goes a long way. And so just wanted to shout y'all out for that. So. Let's talk about the Bible. How does the Bible characterize motherhood in your example or in your opinion? How does the Bible characterize motherhood? And I come to you first on this one, Nicole. Well, and I think the Bible characterizes a lot of like we've already discussed. But mm -hmm. I think if I think if I think for me, who kind of is an example of me, good and bad mm -hmm. is Sarah. Mm -hmm. 
you know, she made a she made some mistakes. You know, she was busy running everything, yeah. but also wanted to be in control when she shouldn't be in control. Yeah. And that was a lesson that she had to learn from God. And I think as a mother, sometimes we got to get out of the way. Yeah, we have to teach, we have to learn, but we have to listen. We have to be obedient to the Lord and let Him. So when I think about that mother example for me, it's a little bit of Sarah. She's kind of yeah. she's controversial. <laughs> <laughs> but she did some things because I, I know for me, I have to be honest with myself. Yeah. I am. Um, if you know my mother, then, you know, we are we present as two different people. <laughs> and so um, she is uh, quiet, sweet and reserved. And her daughter is not. And so those things I have to you know, you have to balance and you have to learn. And through life, you learn. Uh Oh, I stepped out too far. Now I got this Isaac over here. I got to deal yeah. with. And so that's, a, you know, that's a lesson. So I think that's what God that's one of the things God teaches us. And then he also you guys talked a lot about oh, he taught us about the nuclear family yes. and what that looks like a mother and a father in the home and that example because a lot of rooting comes from that and even i liked um the example of naomi because she reminds me and jay's gonna kill me but that (laughs) mother-in-law you know a little messy Uh but right there orchestrating you know but looking out (laughs) for you in the end and also coaching and and loving and so i can see a lot of that too you know that's so good Mm -hmm. that's so good (laughs) and jay lee nicole's on (laughs) (laughs) there are so many women from the word who resonate so many different personalities and and characteristics of womanhood and motherhood I think one of my favorite is, and people know this about me already, is Rizba. Yes. Rizba is just phenomenal to me because in a situation in which her sons were chosen to be killed, you know, she uh, she can't do anything about it. She's in that situation where you got circumstances that are beyond your control. But she sits there through a season where her children are hanging in the public, you know, a display that's disgraceful. But she doesn't back down. She doesn't go hide. She sits right there. And as as they say, kind of swats away the birds and the animals protecting their remains. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about her to me is that not only did she do it for her children, but she did it for another woman's children. Uh, So she took care of everybody. And I love that about mothers because they're not only concerned with their own children, but they're concerned with others or with their children's friends. and, Mm -hmm. And they care about what happens to them. But her stamina, her sacrifice, her willingness to wait for justice mm-hmm. reminds me of what so many women are going through today, especially when we see some of the things happening in society yes. where we're having to wait for justice, uh, stand on the wall until a change comes. Yes. And so um, she reflects motherhood in, in one of those sacrificial ways. You know, you hope you don't ever have to go there, but if you do, you're able to stand and so she uh, she speaks to me. Another uh, set of women who speak to me are Lois and Eunice, who raised mm-hmm. Timothy, mm-hmm. some single folk. Yep. But um, that relationship from generation to generation of sharing who God is, sharing strength, building into his life. And so Paul is able to say, you know. You've come from good stock. You've come from a lineage of people who have loved the Lord and who have taught you. So stand in it. And so Lois and Eunice speak to me as well. 
something that I think we talk about a lot with men is like, you know, you need to be mentoring, you need to be discipling someone, you need to be pouring into uh, someone else. Um, from a mother's perspective, from a woman's perspective, I see that as a part of you guys' motherhood journey also. How do you see nurturing and mothering as far as your mentorship and your advocacy? Because um, I think about the examples that you gave, Sister Parker, something I see a lot of mothers doing often is advocating for justice. Um, and I think that that's a powerful example or powerful image um, of mothering a society at large. And so in you guys' individual journeys, how do you see mentorship and advocacy playing into your motherhood role? I think it's it's critical. Um, it's it's hard these days for me to sit back and just watch things happen and not yeah. care and not want to be involved and do something. And you don't always get to be the one to save the world or to stand up and make the big speech. Mm -hmm. But you can reach out in so many different ways. Uh, show up at the school and love on some kids. Yes. You know? Hug on the ones that are at your church or the ones around you. Um, take the risk and go down the street and see who's playing up and down the way and, and, and talk and share and get to know. I know when I grew up, my grandmother's house, which is where I grew up, mm -hmm. uh, the neighborhood lived there. <laughs> the kids yes. lived there. Yes. The Kool-Aid was there. Yes. There were cookies too, you know. Yep. So she was that one who would make sure that everybody felt loved. Didn't matter what was going on down the street at your house. Because yep. sometimes it was a little rough down the street. <laughs> but you knew you had a safe place to come and play. Mm. And somebody cared and was interested in what you were doing and your well-being and was asking you questions questions about how to move forward, how you were going to move forward in your life. And so that has influenced me that um, I need to do the same, yes. that I need to find my community. I need to get in the mix of what our people are doing, our children are doing, and somehow be a help or an influence. Sometimes it's an encouraging word. Sometimes it's a help with some homework. Sometimes it's some direction on how you can get financial aid or just different yes. things to make sure our kids know how to go. That's Which so way to go? Good. That's so good. What about you, Sister Nicole? Yeah, so um, there was a time before I had children where I really did a lot of extra. I even um, went back to my high school. Like I said, I'm mm. from here. And so I did some mentoring back at Carter High School. Okay, shout the, out to Carter. Uh, yes, shout out to the Cowboys, <laughs> the original net, uh, state champions. Here but we go. anyway, <laughs> um, and so, so that was a big thing for me. Now that the kids, I feel like I'm at a stage in my in my motherhood where I can do a lot more and mm. so now we're in um, organizations that allow us to do a lot of mentoring and working with other people's kids and exposing yeah. myself to other people's kids but then also working in the community and mentoring and I think that's critical because you never know, you know, who you are the light for. Maybe, like Sister Parker mentioned, you know, maybe it was your grandmother's home and that grandmother's love that invited those people, and you don't know what that impact is. And so that's what I'm really working towards is being a part of our community and the and the children that my children interact with, yes. knowing their parents and being a part of it. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that even, I thought, of, I think about your introduction when you was talking about how you feel like a big role now to teach your kids empathy. And I yes. think like that service, all of that ties into a very tangible example of how to develop that empathy. Yeah. So, That's so good. Um, it's you bring that up. So like earlier this year, Jay and Garrison went out and did Meals on Wheels deliveries uh, together. Yeah. And so 
now we're trying to figure out, okay, when can we do that again? All four of us and go out and do so things like that so that, yes, we can build empathy. Because, again, you know, if we keep our children in their little bubble, they think this is everybody's reality. And we can't take that for granted. We need to see others go other places so we can have empathy and we can be considering and think of those. I think that's what my journey Christ has taught me a lot is about empathy because he if he didn't do anything he showed empathy to folks that a lot of times didn't even show it to him and um, that's important for us yes Mm -hmm. yes I just want to add one thing Um, oftentimes we see that people who aren't if they aren't my children then I'm not responsible for them or Mm -hmm. I can't say anything to them Mm -hmm. and and I just want to encourage folks to move beyond that yes um We are the village, and we can't be afraid of our children. We need to be directing them. We need to be engaging with them. And at first, it may seem a little scary because they're different. Yes. But engage so you can learn the differences and be able to pour into their lives. If we stand off from them, then we lose them. But if we engage, then there's hope. Yes. Hey, Ken, I don't want Mm -hmm. to No, keep going. I'll tell a quick story because Sister Parker mentioned that. So when her and Pastor Parker... Parker, when he was Minister Parker here at the <laughs> church years and years ago, we're here. I remember, I don't know if it was my first job. I worked at TXU mm-hmm. downtown or it was my second one at Bank of America. One of the two, but Sister Parker worked in the building. Wow. And I would come up to her office sometime. And now she's an attorney working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would come up sometimes and have lunch with her yes. and talk to her. So I just wanted to tell an example yes. of that. Uh huh. <laughs> Mother. Of how that goes full yes. circle. And I was probably about 16, 17 years old back then. Wow. That. Mm-hmm. that is so cool. Just like, I love, I love that. I love that example. We talk about, you know, mentoring, mothering. We talk about being the villain. All of that ties into that. All of it. I love it. So I want to give some takeaways here because I think you guys are two very good examples. And, you know, you're still figuring things out, but, you know, you're doing some great things. Let's say there's someone who has aspiration of being a mother. Um, What are some good traits that, you know, a mother has or what are some things that um, they can be doing now to prepare themselves for motherhood? So you can answer either of those. What are some things they can be doing to prepare themselves for motherhood? Or you can give a couple of traits that, you know, an aspiring mother should look for or try and possess. I think to prepare yourself for for motherhood, you need to get hands on and and live the experience. And sometimes that means volunteering for a mom and dad who wants a date night and uh, taking care of the kids. See what that entails, you know, how hard it may be to get them to bed at night or to read a story or to share it with them in prayer. And then, of course, spending some time um, in other activities in which you're engaging with children to see who they are to learn how children act, how they think, how they feel. I think those are important things to understand so that you are a good nurturer. Uh, but it, most importantly, I think, is figure out how to make some sacrifices. Wow. We, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for real. You know it. Because things change tremendously once you become a mother. Yeah, we know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remind, I'm reminded of sometimes I'll go in the store and I just want this little $5 shirt. <laughs> but then I think, oh, wait, we need to pay for the such and such. You mm-hmm. put that back on the rack yeah. because you know that your child needs something. Mm-hmm. 
And motherhood is a season of sacrifice. It, mm. it really is, not only monetarily, but emotionally, because you're putting your children before yourself most of the time mm. and trying to make sure their needs are met when yours may go lacking. And uh, trying to find that balance is, is a whole nother topic. Mm. But sacrifice, mm. finding some ways to ne deny yourself so that you can serve somebody else on a continuous pattern, mm. in a continuous way rather, just not one time, but ongoing. You know, join in with the family that's struggling and be that yeah. that extra person yeah. who is helping to make things I'm happen. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so those are some things that'll train you up in the way. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. I know she stole yours. What yeah. else you got? <laughs> so I, I was that was that's big sacrifice, yes. like she said, so and not good. just financially, but um, emotionally. You know, we talk about you think about that sleep. And uh, it starts from the from the if you're a mother from the day you get pregnant uh -huh. and it does not stop. And, you know, it's ongoing. Just there's little things. But that sacrifice of your time of yourself, even I can give example today. Um, I'm off work today. But Channing wants to go swimming. Mm -hmm. So she's out there in the pool. And so finally I decide, OK, she, mommy, are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? So I'm in the pool. That is not what I wanted to do today. And so yeah. that's just, that's a sweet sacrifice and an easy one. But there's so many in between yes. that are hard and you yeah. you have to get used to that. I think um, when I, that's the biggest for being a mother or a parent. I think also we need to think about uh, God's example, you know, mm. how we take God for granted. The air we breathe, the life we have, the money we have, whatever it is, the shelter, the food, that's what it's like to be a parent. Yeah. You will get some hugs and some kisses, but you're going to get some disrespect, too. Yeah. And so if you want to prepare yourself, be ready for, you know, die. You know, we talk about when you get married, you know, you yeah. become one. It's that same kind of thing with children is that you're going to take care of them. And then one day, hopefully, I'll get to Sister Parker stage and I'll see them <laughs> grown and adults yeah. and like Maggie's buying her own house, uh -huh. doing her own thing. And I'm sure that is wonderful. But when you're in in the thick of it, you you see, you have to be, it's a lot of uh, Christ-likeness that you give to your children that you might not get back for a while. Yes. And so I think those are big things. And then opening your heart to love and uh, to listen and to be willing to do a lot of things you might not always want to do, you know, because so kids, good. they're, they're going to be different. Each one. Say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to want you to engage in some of that difference, you know, with them. And that's yes. okay. But you just have to be willing to do it. You mm. know? Motherhood mm -hmm. is a season of sacrifice. That's such such a bar right there. Um, <laughs> but it has it has me thinking. I th uh, <laughs> I remember it's such the truth. Mm -hmm. So I was I was a senior in college, and I had came home um, for uh, a weekend. And while I was home, I was going to a couple of parties in the city. Um, and I came home real late one night, um, and my mom was still up, Indeed. and I was like. <laughs> Mom, I'm you know I'm I'm twenty something years old at this point. I'm like, Mom, I'm 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 good. And she was like, You'll never stop being my baby though. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Wow. Meanwhile, I can hear my dad snoring upstairs. Dad, <laughs> dad knocked out. I know dad loved me and dad will protect me, but dad is knocked out. Right. But mom is up, you know, waiting for me to get to the house. And I just I was like, Wow, like mothers carry 
things differently. Not, you know, not saying that one is better than the other, but just knowing that, wow, there's someone up waiting up for me. I'm still, I'm grown. You know, I'm thinking I'm grown in my little head. I'm not, I wasn't grown, but the fact that my mom was still up waiting for me, was just so powerful to me. And then another example, um, thinking about a trait of, of a mother. Um, and this happened two days ago. I was talking to my mom and I wasn't even talking about nothing for real. Like we was on the phone, just talking, FaceTiming. Um, and we talked for like an hour or so. Um, and at the end of the conversation, um, we hung up and then she texted me the next morning and she said, Hey, so I noticed a couple things and she just went into all type of deep stuff that we didn't even talk about. Oh, wow. She said, just by looking in your eyes, like, you know, I could tell that you're going through this or you're feeling this right now. And I'm like, wow. And some of this stuff was stuff that I was feeling that I didn't have words for yet. And I thought about how, you know, a mom, um, or a wife is compared to the Holy spirit. And how they say, uh, or scripture says, when you're praying, the Holy Spirit will intercede when you don't have words to say. And I was like, wow. Like, just my mom looking at me, you know, talking about frivolous little stuff. She was able to go deeper and help me grab terms and verbiage for something I'm going through that I didn't even tell her about. And it was just like, wow. Like, yeah, moms, y'all y'all are something. Y'all are something special. I tell you, y'all are something special. That's because she knows you. Yes, right. absolutely. And, and that's why it is important to be a praying mother. Right. Because yeah. the Spirit does speak to you and tell you about your child. Mm. And then you can take that to the Lord in prayer. Because mm -hmm. while she's telling you about yourself, she's already prayed. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And that's what she told me. It's wow. pointing it out to you. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Me and God already talked about it. I'm just letting you in on this. Yes. I was like, wow, wow. So one of the biggest issues in our society has become broken homes, um, and that's across the board. Um, and so I'm just curious, how do you all see that affecting motherhood, whether it's single parenthood? Um, how do you guys see that issue played out in the church and in society? Um, and is it even an, I mean, obviously it's an issue because God designs for us to do this uh, as a partnership, but... How do you guys see single motherhood in particular affecting the church and society? That's a really good question. There are so many things that are uh, impacting motherhood and the choices that we are making. Um, those may be, there are some who are married, but they still delay on having children. Or there are those who decide they don't want children. And so that's an issue as well. And, and so when we think about the single parent situation, most oftentimes there are some who choose to be single parents. Yeah. That's a choice out there as well. Yeah. Uh, but most often we see in our communities where there's a single mother who did not choose that particular, um, that, that lifestyle of having to walk that journey alone and in some respects she is she is bearing the weight of being both parents mm -hmm. uh, being a provider and and uh, and covering for her child as though a father would be while also trying to be the nurturer and all of the other things to encourage and teach and that we would often see from the mother's perspective wow. so that is a humongous challenge motherhood in and of itself is a challenge so to try to serve in the role for both parents is quite quite a weight to bear. Um, we've been blessed to see women who have done it, mm -hmm. but it is it has been at a great cost. And we as the church need to be sure that we are undergirding. Yeah. When we see these situations occurring, that we are standing with mothers or fathers, if mm -hmm. they are the single parent, and helping to step in to um, 
help the child receive what it is that they need, but also help the mother to receive what she needs because moms need some things too. Yeah. And so we um, we need to be more thoughtful about how we, when we see these situations, how we engage. We need to be intentional about coming to that mother's aid. And as I said, sometimes being the babysitter, sometimes being the extra coach, sometimes showing up at the basketball game, sometimes just, you know, having a good talk to uh, when our children will hear exactly what their mama told them. But yeah. if somebody else says it, oh my, oh, it becomes golden. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so the church has a marvelous role in, in being able to step in if we will. Mm. We see that as widowers are taken care of in the church. And we see that in the scripture, no matter whether it's a young or an older widower, um, we should do the same thing for those who are single parents because yeah. they are without. And when we see the need, we're supposed to come running. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so good. And just listening to that, I think about I I have friends who have become single mothers. And mm-hmm. That's not the way it started. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've watched them struggle and take on, like you said, that burden of both parents and what that's like, but then also what that impact is like for their children. And so our, our role in the church is just like Sister Parker said, you know, we could do, we could really, again, going back to that empathy and that love, we could do so much for those families. We can be that Uber because these kids are still involved in everything, just like the two parent home children. We can we can buy a meal. We can support that mom because even, you know, the burden of being both parents, that's Mm. a lot on your mind. You know, that's a lot. That mom might need someone to just talk to, to let that stuff out. Sometimes we can be that voice. We can be that support. And I think that's that's if we started to gird and come under those, we might start to catch, you know, we talk about how the children in society are looking elsewhere. We have so much out here. We got YouTube. You know, if I, if I have to tell my kids to get, and not so much my, my nine year old right now, but Mm -hmm. that teenager is pulled to YouTube and, you know, and so we got YouTube telling them something. We got TikTok telling them Mm -hmm. something. And so if we want to play a role, we got to be in there telling them something and doing something else. And so I think that is huge because it is being trying to do it all. Nobody can do it all. We are not God. And so when we are forced to take on that role, that is just too much. It can really it can really uh, become a burden for those mothers. And and I want to say I'm not saying that other communities don't face the struggle, but we know for the African-American community mm-hmm. that when there's a single parent, the child child usually goes into poverty status. Mm-hmm. The financial amounts, the money's just not there, yeah. and they aren't able to participate in a number of activities or things mm-hmm. uh, to have the basics to get to school. I mean, we know there are children that don't have school supplies when they show up on the first day. Yes. We know they don't have the uniforms. Mm-hmm. We know they're not going to be in the extracurricular activities because because that may cost a little extra. And so the financial burden of that mother trying to step in and cover when she may be working a job, a job and a half or two or three jobs sometimes. Uh, So knowing that, then we ought to be willing to maybe pay for them to take soccer or get that ballet or acrobatics class or just something that will allow that child to have an outlet or something to do, something that will encourage and nurture who they are. 
are. So we, again, we have to be more mindful of what is happening in our community, what the needs are, and be willing to make the sacrifice mm-hmm. to make it better for all. Yeah. Sister Parker, hearing you talk, it takes my mind to this place. And so let's talk about this for a bit. So when I think about, because I gave you guys the example of my Nana earlier and how, you know, she's such an example of just superwoman, right? <laughs> but I think that when I think about my Nana's story, part of it grieves me, right? Because I think about my Nana was married to my to my grandfather, who he was a black man coming up in a very, very tough time. And so as a result of that, he himself had a lot of stuff going on. And Nana caught the brunt of that because, you know, she was at home supporting this battered black man. Mm-hmm. And so now that was a completely different role of supporting, you know, him that, you know, I don't even fully understand the nuances to. And then now, you know, you have, you know, men who are going through so much. How do you all approach? approach supporting um well specifically black men um in such a hostile environment and i'll kick that one to you first nicole you know that you said a whole lot there (laughs) (laughs) yes that is his own podcast but you know i have to be that um is a struggle that I think about a lot because like I said, I am raising my black son yeah. in a community where everybody does not look like him. Yeah. And so uh, quite often I find my, you know, the influences even you think about, I, we had to, and recently we got involved in an organization that promotes black families so that he could see other black families around because some of those other voices started to become an influence in his life. Yeah. So we needed to gird him with more people around him, yeah. um, supporting him and just reminding him of who he is and how smart he is and yeah. all that he can do. But then also, if you know anything about me, I am realistic this world is what this world is. Yep. And so you have to go into it with open eyes and see what it and what it does. Cause so it's a balancing act of building him up constantly, yep. but also reminding of him of the realities, but then encouraging him, especially we know that he is capable of whatever he wants to achieve. And mm-hmm. we're gonna be right there with him to get it done. Yeah. But also reminding him that the world is a hard place and there are a lot of realities out here and we have to make good decisions and we have to talk. But you know, and then there's it's a lot of prayer. I mean it's even, you know, um, we think about Uvalde that happened or even just, you know, uh, guns in schools or drugs in schools or Mm -hmm. just like, again, you know, our community is very safe, but it's policed by white people. And they see my 12 year old, soon to be 13, who is almost as tall as his father. That is also there's a whole dynamic. And he's still in this young mind that I can question everything you say. Why, Mm -hmm. why, 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 why? Not for everybody. And so it's a um, it's it's a constant. um, We are in a constant talking, talking, encouraging, teaching and hoping that and praying that something is getting in. It's a lot. um, Our society on our black male children. It's a tough place. It's, it's tough. tough it's tough on them. And so yes. I'm grateful, like I said earlier, for his grandfathers, mm-hmm. his grandmothers, and his parents, and all of us, and what God has given us to be, and the village that we're solely building that's also uh, supporting them. 
That's so yeah. good. That's so yeah. good. What do you think, Sister Parker? Well, I certainly agree with Nicole. I've raised a young black male as well, <laughs> and kind of in some of the very similar circumstances mm-hmm. that you you speak of with schools and some of the social things that they participate in. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to give a marvelous shout out to Golden Gate because mm-hmm. that was that base for us yeah. um, that we knew when we came to our church, mm-hmm. he would see the men there and he yes. would be able to experience men who were doing good things and know that people in his community were strong and yeah. could could give could do what needed to be done. Yeah. And so uh, I have appreciated being able, being rooted and grounded here in Golden Gate. And then I think a part of your question was, you know, as our husbands as yes. well, who were attempting to, we're, we're serving them uh, as wives, you know, mm-hmm. and as mothers to their children. And our black men do have a serious struggle and it has always mm-hmm. been that way. Yeah. And much has been done to try to remove the black male from the family so Mm -hmm. that we are single mothers and that we are walking alone. So uh, we need to do some of that same kind of encouragement with our husbands and to stand with them and to let them know that we appreciate them. Mm -hmm. And even though men do things very differently from women, and sometimes I'm questioning, hmm, now why'd you do that? (laughs) 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 Right. (laughs) Let's have have a moment. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, um, but being able to encourage the things that you know are good mm-hmm. um, and to, to offer in, in a correct tone and manner the suggestions that you think would be supportive and undergirding and pushing in the right directions mm-hmm. and standing on the sidelines sometimes as that support. Sometimes mm-hmm. having to take a little bit of a back seat so mm-hmm. that you can push him and others forward because you know that your family and your community needs to see this strong black presence. And so uh, that's that's part of our role as we honor our husbands so that our children can see what uh, what a male should do, what a husband should do. Just to add on to that, I think they they definitely our children sees it because even, um, you know, uh, they'll ask questions. Well, mommy, don't you work? Why? <laughs> why do you have to ask daddy if you want to go do such and such? Mm-hmm. And we'll say, you stop being messy. <laughs> we work together and we are a partnership. But kids will. They'll oh, challenge you and yeah, they want to see that. And so. I do Sister Parker's point. I'm so grateful for not only our church family and those men because they know they can go up to any of them, talk to them, ask questions. They're here, especially some of them are here all the time, too. Mm-hmm. But then most importantly, his father, because I have we're in that space where they spend most of their time together and I have to step back a lot and try to play a more supportive role. And even when I do not agree, mm-hmm. I just have to shut up. Which is a challenge, but I do. But I have to just be quiet and let let his father handle it because he knows, you know, because I'm one of those. I was raised, you know, my dad said no. That was that. And you just roll with it. I might have something to say, but I'm going to say it in my room. (laughs) And so I have learned that, you know, Jay, when I want to be no, 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 he knows to 
you give and take a little bit more, mm. you know, and he's learned, he's learned that. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an important thing. And I'm, I'm sorry no, I jumped no, in, fine. but, mm-hmm. and that's a distinction between what the world says you ought to be able to do versus yeah. Yeah. what the word teaches us that we're supposed to do. Yes. And, and so following what the word says makes the difference in the family. Yes. You know, uh, the world tells you everybody gets to be this and stand up and I do we we equal we are equal. Mm-hmm. But we play different roles and yeah. there's a level of respect in a relationship that you ought to give to each other. Yes. And so we want to respect our husbands as we too want to be respected. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That segues into another good question. How does the role or the perception of motherhood from a Christian, from a biblical standpoint, differ from that of society? Um, because I think that I think a lot of people see, like you said, we live in a world where you have so much YouTube and social media and that kind of creates its own religion, if you will, that people are following, subscribing to. And so what are some of the biggest, yeah, like, you know, when you think about it, like, wow, like some of us, yeah, God, I don't even want to go into that because that's a whole nother podcast, but yes, this idolatry and this idolization of things that we're seeing online is in Mm -hmm. fact a religion. Um, But for the purpose of this conversation, like, how do you all see the distinction between biblical motherhood and then what we're seeing in society and being portrayed as motherhood? I and Nicole. Don't go no, ahead. Go um, I, I certainly I think that most women who are electing to be mothers want to be nurturers and encouragers and care for each for their children and provide them the best. Uh, but I do think that the culture has created a different standard of who can be a mother. Mm. And and as I said, mm. oftentimes you see on YouTube or TV, uh, the Kardashians can have kids mm. whether or not they have a father. You know, I mean, whether or not there's a, a husband around. around. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Rihanna and all of this. You can have the boyfriend, but you don't have to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can still live the fabulous life because they've got the fabulous money. Mm-hmm. That's not reality. Yeah. Uh, for most of the world. Yeah. And and so yep. this whole idea that I can just choose to be a mom and I don't necessarily have to have uh, a marriage license or I don't have to have a husband or I don't sometimes even have to have a boyfriend. I can just choose to have mm-hmm. a surrogate or be a donor, donor and yeah. all of those things. So these are all the new choices that society offers, mm-hmm. which kind of puts the husband or the male or the father to the wayside if he exist. And um, you're told that it's okay. We can just live it the way we live it, however we choose. And the Bible just tells us different. If you are a single parent, it's not by, it's usually not by choice from the word of God. You know, it's, it's a circumstance that has befallen you and your community comes in to support you. Uh, And so society is telling us that we can do things without God's rules, without Mm -hmm. God's precepts, without God's example. But when we do that, we lose God's protection. Mm. And so that is that is one of the major concerns that society is changing the definition of what motherhood is. Not maybe so much what they expect from a mom, yeah. but under what conditions one can become a mom. Wow, that's so good. That's deep. And I, just thinking about that, so when you think about what you expect from a mom, mm-hmm. but now she's supposed to do that 
as a mother, a father, a provider. She's doing mm. everything. And that's when we get out of whack. Because yep. now she can't, you cannot be all people. Yes. And that, I think, is why our society is so out of whack. But then also, I think society is um, trying to teach us that, you know, it's okay if you... If you if somebody else is raising your kids and you're not at home or mm-hmm. somebody else is doing this for you or if you're or if, you know, and I'm even trying, we can all have balance in our lives. But really, when you have kids, it's hard yeah. when they're young to have yeah. balance. So that's a big thing. So society is pushing a lot of additional uh, expectations, mm-hmm. I think, that. If you really look at them at the core, they take us outside of our role because mm. they put some new things on us and yes. some new responsibilities. Um, and then one thing I did want to say before mm. Jay kills me, <laughs> no, I do not have to ask him to spend money. <laughs> I did not say that. His garrison's going to ask me that too uh-huh. later. But more so, that's it's about respect in a of relationship course. in our marriage. So. Absolutely. did Absolutely. want to say that. <laughs> and I, no, no, no. What you going to say, Sister Parker? No, I, I was just going to say that society also puts new demands because mm. now your education comes first. Yeah. Uh, your climb up the corporate ladder comes first. Mm. So there are all these other things that you want to accomplish, but they come before marriage and and having children. And so you see people waiting and waiting and waiting. When I think of Mary, she was a teenager. Yeah. But now yes. these days, you folks don't start having children until they're 30-something, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. that brings on a whole different dynamic to society. I know for myself, I married in my late 20s. And so that, to some degree, limits the amount of grandparenting time that my parents had or the kind of support that I could have had. Now, we know that all of this really ought to be out of of God's timing. Mm -hmm. You know, you meet the right person, you marry, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we're making choices Mm -hmm. where we're saying, I'm not going to have children until I make my first million or until I'm at this point in my career. Mm -hmm. And really, the question ought to be, God, what is your plan? Yes. And move from that direction. So pancakes and bacon. Get your priorities. He gave me a dream, man. We're gonna pancakes and bacon. So wow, that's 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 so good. That's so good. Okay. My mind is going to so many different places because y'all just gave so much good context. So let's go here. Cause Sister Park, I think about the bar you dropped earlier about how motherhood is a season of sacrifice. And I think that's something that just our culture at large right now is just not comfortable with sacrifice. Like it's like, nah, it's like about it's me. it's about me. You hear me? Like it's about me. It's about what I feel, what I think, my truth. I'm not sacrificing nothing. Like it's about me. And that, you know, that creeps into into uh motherhood. Um it, it creeps into family in general. And I think that um scripture shows us one, just to be in community is sacrifice like on a very foundational level and God calls us into that and then you know you go another level to be into a marriage is sacrifice God calls us into that and then even to a deeper level like you was talking about Nicole like it's even hard to have balance when your kids are young because mm-hmm. they need you for everything like they can't feed themselves they right. can't do nothing like they need you <laughs> for, for everything, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like there's a level of sacrifice that comes with that that if you're unwilling to sacrifice you don't fully get to enjoy the gift I would say it is to be a mother um, or to be a, you know, a father or, you know, whatever role God has you in. Um, What about for a single woman? Um, How can she still be active? And you guys have kind of answered this a little bit, um, 
But like, how can she feel validated in her motherhood? So like, let's say, you know, um, you know, God hasn't put her in a marriage, you know, and she's not um, actively preparing for motherhood. Like, how can she still be mothering, if that makes sense? Mm. Creating that space for her to do that does require the village. And Mm -hmm. as you were speaking, I thought about Acts, where it talked about all the all were on one accord. Yes. Whatever you had, you gave to the group. You shared it. Uh, So if you had a need and I had what you needed, you got it and vice versa. And really that. That's the biblical example of what it has to be, that we have got to be that open with each other, that loving with each other. And everyone's so afraid, well, somebody's going to take advantage or somebody's going to get more than I got, you know, but I don't know what God you serve, but the one I know, you know, make sure that if you're, if you give, he's going to replenish you. He's going to give back a hundred, a thousand fold, you know, so you're busy trying to meet the need. He's going to be busy meeting your needs Mm -hmm. in the mix. So once again, we come back to that community and if we're going to be a biblically based community, yes. then we are going to be open to sharing, sacrificing yes. for each other yep. and uh, doing it willingly, knowing that whatever we need, God will supply. Yes, that's so good. That's so good. You have anything you want to add? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just listening to uh, what Sister Parker was talking about and just really being able to meet that need. I think we like she talked about how giving and you worry about people taking advantage of you. Mm-hmm. It's always been in the back of my mind. That is not my problem. Yeah. I'm going to let God to handle that. I'm just going to be obedient yes. and I'm going to do what he asked me to do. Cause you, you just never know. And so for me, I think when you're that single woman and maybe you have, you don't have the husband yet, or you're, you haven't had, you're, you haven't had the experience of being mm-hmm. a single mother, but you do want to prepare yourself mm-hmm. again. How are you working in your community that's right around you? Because that's what starts to build you up for motherhood. You see the need and you go out and you support those needs that you can support. So, yeah, that's so good. That's Mm -hmm. so good. (laughs) What are some things that the church can do to help support motherhood? Um, And so just on a and just on a very general level, what are some ways that church as an institution can support mothers? Um, I know that Golden Gate provides food. Yes. And so making sure there's some food on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been able to reach out to families and say, come and get so that your folks can eat. Yes. And we know just being able to send our children to school fed yes. and knowing that there's food when they come home. Because I don't, I don't have the stats on it, but the number of children who come to school because they need a place to eat, there's mm-hmm. no food, is a Astounding. So that's one way that we can support. Um, In the past, we've done things like um, give tutoring. Mm -hmm. And so we support by helping, you know, do homework. Mama's still at work. We got you right after school. We're helping you with your math and your science, et cetera. So that's certainly a way. And then just providing activities for the kids to go to that doesn't always have to cost a lot of money, you know? And so there's a free place to go where you know they're going to be cared for and they're going to be given the right things. They're going to be taught the right things. So that's certainly a way that the church can support. And then just, um, 
just having a listening ear. Sometimes if you if you get a mentor or you get somebody who's discipling you, mm-hmm. that one somebody you can talk to or, or just somebody who's praying for you, that yeah. that's an encouraging thing. If I know somebody's praying for me, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> best gift ever. You yes, know? Yep. <laughs> and so uh, we as the church are able to provide all those kinds of things, some actual practical support as well as some spiritual support. And then the church can be a place of teaching Mm -hmm. and not just teaching the Bible, Mm -hmm. but teaching how to apply the word, but also teaching about parenting, you know, teaching about how to love your children, what it means to discipline your children, what God says Mm -hmm. about finances. You know, the list is long because God really does have a plan for about everything if we look in the word to find it. And so we have that opportunity to share the, the what God builds up, gives to build us up as as people. Yes, yeah. that's so good. I think uh, just to add to Sister Parker's list, Golden Gate has done a great job for our children, especially throughout the pandemic, was keeping them engaged. And like we had the the prayer line mm-hmm. on Thursday evenings, and then the Sunday Sunday school on Sunday evening. Still, and you know, you got these kids on the on Zoom on their iPads, and still keeping them engaged. Age, teaching yes. them, showing them, helping them learn, because that also supports us as mothers as we can ask, well, what did you talk about? Or make, hearing our kids be engaged and asking questions or being asked a question. Mm-hmm. Those things are huge. I'm hopeful as we grow out of the pandemic that some of the things, and Sister Parker kind of mentioned this, that mm-hmm. the children and the youth ministry can get back to. We used to do like these um I guess it was quarterly kind of field trips where mm-hmm. they would go to a museum, but then go off and do something fun. And that might only cost the parent, if you had to pay it all, I can't remember, about $5 or something like that. Yeah. It was very nominal, but the kids got to, number one, go be around their friends. So that's uh-huh. huge for them. But then they got out and the, then mama get, get some time. Get some time. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, if I need to run an errand, if I just need a nap, I yes. got some time. And those kinds of things I would love to because I know my children really enjoyed that a lot. That's mm-hmm. so good. That's so good. Yeah. Before we start wrapping up, I want to give another tangible takeaway for some for some of the people who are who are listening. What have been some of the frustrations of of motherhood? Um, and then, what advice would you give to someone who's experiencing those frustrations or ways that you've overcome? Um, it could be like, you know, early on when your kids are younger or even now that, you know, Sister Park, I know that your kids, you know, you guys are empty nesters. Um, like, what are some of the frustrations that 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 you guys have had to work through? And then what advice would you give to those who may be currently working through some of those things? I think Nicole mentioned it earlier, just the frustration of pouring in and mm-hmm. you don't necessarily see results. Yes. Uh, they do come, I promise. Hold me to it, hold me to it. But you, are, it is a long season of a lot of giving, a lot of pouring in, a lot of sacrificing, a lot of uh, watching them uh, fall down yeah. and get back up again and yeah. disappointment sometimes and working through those. And, um, and so that can be frustrating. In, mm. in different seasons, um, but it is a it is a waiting, uh, a patience, uh, a nurturing that you get from God to teach you how to hold on and hold yes. out till your change comes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Um, another frustration that I want to mention is raising 
black children in this culture. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. trying to ensure that not only that they have self-esteem, but God-esteem. They got to mm-hmm. know who they are in God. Mm-hmm. And uh, that ought to anchor them so that then they can build from that platform yes. to understand who they are. And mm-hmm. I know I always wanted my children. I tried to put them in, intentionally put them in circumstances to where you, they were meeting people of all kinds. Yeah. Because I need you to understand that everybody really is just everybody. Yes. And everybody's equal. And you can do what everybody else does. Yes. We respect everybody. We love everybody, but you are too somebody. And so uh, that can be very frustrating because we did encounter a number of situations where people tried to make them feel less than Mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. Or uh, you're here by some, uh, you know, some program. Well, no. (laughs) Right. Uh Absolutely. There you go. And And I'm just um, as qualified as you. (laughs) And so that, that meant that we really had to stay engaged. You know, mm-hmm. you couldn't just drop them off at the schoolhouse and let it be. Yes. You needed to show up. You yeah. need, your face needed to be present. You needed to be vocal they sometimes so are. somebody yes. could understand like, um, yes, we're present. We're here. Yes. We're operating in these circumstances and it should go well. Mm-hmm. We're encouraging it to go well. Yes. So, <laughs> those are my thoughts. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've talked about the frustrations and the challenges and those are real and so you just you know you suck it up but there's so many joys when you see the good times or the fun or you get that that hug for no reason Mm -hmm. or I know you know like I said Garrison is taller than me now and he (laughs) likes to remind me of it all the time but one day you know I think it was maybe spring break or one day they were off and we let him stay up a little bit later and he's and I said okay it's time to go to bed all right well mommy will you come tuck me in I thought what I hadn't done that (laughs) but he wanted that and so that was really really sweet so you still every you still get those joys and those challenges and you hold on to them and those mean mean a lot and then like sister Parker said I can't agree more with being present Mm. and being around and not you know being there at the school, making sure they know you, being being at the games, being mm-hmm. on the field, you know. One thing I love so much, you know, because um, we own our own business. And so when Channing walks home from school, mm-hmm. one or both of us are at home. Yeah. So either, you know, maybe I had meetings or I got home early that day. Mm-hmm. And then Jay is home because he had to go. Some Somebody is always home when you get there. Yeah. And so even when Garrison gets home, again, one or both both of us are there to greet you. Mm-hmm. Or even in some cases in Channing, I'm out. Uh, it's um, 3.05. Yep. Why have you not turned <laughs> on the block yet? You know, yeah. so we are... We are there, and I think that's really important just to be there and be a presence for your children. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So thinking about, I mean, the, the the premise of the podcast is being the light, right? Some things that I've heard today that are just so profound. Um, one, when you talk about, like, motherhood being a season of um, sacrifice, like, a part of us being a light into this dark world is, like, not only sacrificing well, but um, being able to show that there's hope in the midst of the sacrifice. Like, there are very sweet moments that this sacrifice is worth it. Um, and so I just love just, you know, that dialogue that we had. The other one that we talked about is presence, right? Like, motherhood is so predicated on 
presence um, and you have to be visible. You know, you have to be visible to be an advocate. You have to be visible to nurture. You have to be visible to do all these traits that we've kind of teased out from motherhood. Um, and so I'm just so encouraged by um, the conversation. I'm even I'm even more in awe of mothers um, and all that you guys do, the ways that you guys love. And like I said, even when the kids and the husband don't even have words for what's going on, you guys somehow still endure the long suffering nature um, of motherhood and how that helps for children create an environment where they have like Pastor Parker have been talking about with this family series, all the characteristics of God being shown to them, um, which is the ultimate goal, because the goal is we're discipling them. We're making disciples that can go out into this world and also shine bright. And so thank y'all so much just for all that you guys added to this conversation. Do y'all have any final thoughts on motherhood, how motherhood ties into being the light? Um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to add to the conversation? No, I'd just like to say thank you for this opportunity to share. And uh, it has been a joy to to recount some of the experiences that we've had and to talk about God's plan because he really yes. does have a plan. I want to encourage those who are mothers to keep going, keep pressing, keep trusting, keep hoping yes. uh, that God honors your faithfulness. Yes. And um, you will see the victory in the right season. It shall come. Yes. And um, for those who are single moms, let us know what you need. Yeah. And uh, we want to help yes. any way that we can. So that's those are my parting words. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And like Sister Parker, I just want to thank you. Great job uh, <laughs> hosting, keeping us on track, giving us some questions to challenge us. I try. And really love. think, get a little deep here. So thank, yes. thank you for that. And then if I could ditto anything, you know, a lot of times we uh, want to go into our corner and pretend that we can do it all by ourselves and don't want to speak up single or with somebody. Yes. You know, um, so if you need support, say that we have yes. willing people who are here to support you because that's what the body of Christ is supposed to do yes. and so I just want to confirm that and then I'm going to receive what Sister Parker said I'm yes. going home with that yes. that yes there is on the other on side, the other side yep. there are some good, <laughs> it is some good stuff over yes, there yes yes. <laughs> yes that hope that will not put us to shame no I'm going to receive that yes amen <laughs> amen amen yeah. Well, again, thank you all so much. This has been an amazing conversation. And to our viewers, I hope that you guys uh, leave feeling encouraged. If you're a mom, encouraging your motherhood uh, to my fellas, how we can even support our mothers and love and appreciate on them. Um, as always, I let you guys know that this is not a sermon. This is just free-flowing conversation that is meant to make you do more investigation or in encourage you or even uh, challenge you in areas where you need to be challenged. So please make sure you like and subscribe. And also give us feedback if there's more that you guys want us to kind of tease out of motherhood please let us know we would love to do that um if there's other topics you want to hear about let us know also we love you all um and we'll catch you all next time hope you enjoyed it peace <laughs>